Hello, dear listener. Welcome to the Anime Post podcast presented by Japan Anime Games. We are your number one source podcast for anime, board games, and everything in between, and sometimes about neither of those things.、Uh, with us today is a lovely gate. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, am a, I am a gate. Our lovely guest for the day, Gate Dowd. She is not a literal gate. Her name、yeah. is Gates. I am multiple Gates. I am <laughs> multiple Gates. Yeah, not just one Gate. I am several. I am, I am the Gate. <laughs>、uh, <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little,、uh, tell the audience a little about yourself, Gates? Yeah, so my name is Gates.、Uh, I've been around the board gaming hobby space for a while now.、Um, I've recently gone back to freelancing, so I help out board game shops and cafes, I help out publishers bringing their games to market. Uh, and then I've also been really into anime for a good portion of my life. I've kind of am an eclectic nerd, like I like to say. But yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, the perfect guest, eclectic nerd, <laughs>、yeah. anime, and board game, the trifecta.、Yeah. Uh, and with me today, as always, is my lovely co host, Eric Zarain. I feel bad because I don't know what the word eclectic means. Does that mean I'm stupid? <laughs> a wide range of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you asked because that is not what I thought it was. I thought, <laughs> I legitimately thought you meant eccentric, and I had just always been pronouncing eccentric wrong, and、oh, I just accepted it. My God. Here's the formal definition Oh, deriving ideas, style, or taste from a broad and diverse range of sources.、Mm. Yep. A Renaissance man of nerd culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Uh, yeah, so this is the Anime Bills podcast. We talk about anime, board games. So the first thing is anime.、Uh, the new season is here.、Oh, yeah. uh, it's, been about, it's been a month since we started, and the last season closed. It was, it was a solid season. What are, but what are you guys watching this season? Oh, God.、Um, I, like, I subtly started watching One Punch Man, and then definitely watching Fruits Baskets for sure. And then you suggested to me. The frog one was <laughs> all one hell was yeah. like Sara, Sara Zanmai. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the first episode of that? Oh、show? my god, yes. Oh, which like it has everything <laughs> that makes anime like funky and wonky, but then it, it has such great world building. <laughs> We got to jump into the most. I think this is probably the most discussed anime on Reddit right now. Oh, really? Well, One Punch Man is. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, I've seen a lot of One there's Punch Man. Ha- there's a lot of, like, what, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my、um, God. So much salt. <laughs> yeah, salt. There's a lot of salt.、Uh, it's deserved、what? salt. It's so bad. <laughs> it dropped. It's、like, it extremely dropped in quality from season one to season two. I think I agree with everything that Reddit has been saying about it, <laughs> which is kind of surprising. I have not watched One Punch Man season one, so I did not watch season two. I'm going to need、Ooh. you guys to tell me all of this salt. Eric. <laughs> Throw the salt in the air. It's so. Really, I don't think it has to do like a lot of people say, oh, it's the animation. The animation's really bad in comparison to the first season. Yeah. And, you know, it probably, if you actually like worked it out, maybe it has less keyframes. So, like, when people talk about animation, they,、yeah. they mean the keyframes, right? Like how many there are and how good they look. Yeah. And I'm not sure if there's just way less keyframes or not, but a huge component of it is just like the shot composition. And the way、mm-hmm. they decided to frame all the scenes is just the most boring thing I've ever seen, ever. I've seen that complaint. It's just, yeah.、Uh, it's just so boring. And 
I think that just comes down to the director switch, really. I don't think really it has to do with the studio. Cause, well, it was a whole studio switch, too. Right, but, you know, J- the studio, JC staff, is capable of making good animation. You know, yeah. they just yeah. have to have enough keyframes, and they have to have a director that's willing to put together shots worth animating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like One Punch Man Season 2 doesn't have that. Like, the fight scenes, they have a bunch of frames, but they still look lame, because they're just... They're not framed in a way that shows off animation. They're all like zoomed in. You can't actually like get a sense of anything that's happening at any given time. I'm also trying to remember like what else has JC done? They're like one of the like biggest studios. Honey and Clover is a recognizable one for me. They did like the Food Wars movie. Food Wars. They did all the Food Wars or just the Food Wars movie? No, no, the, all the shows. All of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, Food Wars has a lot of good, uh, has a lot of good keyframes. Maybe not animation, but lots of vague, lots of great still frames. Yes. Oh, yeah. But like, we got like Madhouse that's like Hunter x Hunter. Oh, man. Hunter x Hunter is so good. So. This is a great launching pad to mm-hmm. what I wanted to be on the main subject on the docket today. And that is nostalgia goggles. How much do you guys feel like all this salt has to do with nostalgia? It does. In this one, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. The first season is just good. Yeah. And the second season is just boring. It's not nostalgia. Nostalgia salt is so heavy recently I, I know this is an anime but it's anime enough game of thrones is an anime yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> game of thrones is an anime Kinda. sure <laughs> if avatar the last airbender is an anime you might as well just throw right. in game yeah. of thrones <laughs> <laughs> then is like code lyoko an anime oh how definitely code lyoko is totally an anime no 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 that's where i draw the line eric Kolioko is a Chinese cartoon. Talk about like nostalgic goggles right there. It's French. Wait, it's French? It was, it I'm pretty French. sure it's French. It's, a, it's 100% French. Wait, yeah. I, 100, I really like, thought like it was Lady animated. Bug. I thought it was animated in, in uh, uh, Shanghai or something. Ah, glorious France. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm 100. Yeah, it is. that is French. Damn. Oh, yeah. Totally Spies is the one I got confused with. Totally Spies was animated in Singapore or, yeah. or Shanghai. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, I guess Kolioko is an anime. So if it's made in Shanghai, it can't be an anime. <laughs> well, uh-huh. it it feels like a Chinese cartoon. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, I remember going home from school and, like, so excited to watch Kolioko and for Toonami. <laughs> and I was just pumped about yeah. that story. But see, I bet if I go back and watch it now, I'd be like, why in the world did I like this? Like, why? <laughs> With anime, though, I can go back and still like it. And yeah. understand. If not, I will take more from it. Like, Fully Cooly is a great example. Like, I don't know why the heck I watched that when I was 10 years old. I shouldn't have. I watch it now and I'm like, oh, that's where I got all the existential dread <laughs> and angst from. And you watched <laughs> it when you were 10 because it was on TV. Exactly. And I was like, oh, cool robots and stuff. But, like, if you really break down, like, the relationships that are going on that, I'm like, oh, that's a little pedophilic. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was like, don't you go back and watch Fully Cooly and say, that's where I got my weird fetish from? <laughs> uh, that's, no, that's Inuyasha, but that's another story. Oh, okay. oh. Well, that makes, that's, yeah, fair. fair. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had a phase with uh, Spider Ladies because of Inuyasha, that's for sure. Oh, God, God stop. See? Oh. No, whenever you were talking about nostalgia with me, yesterday i was thinking like what anime have like i've not 
or I've, I've watched and isn't like in the mainstream conversation. Like Bleach is still in the mainstream conversation. Full Metal Alchemist will always be. But Inuyasha, no one talks about Inuyasha anymore. That's true. I remember how big it was. It's better than people give it credit for, in my opinion. That's just rude. It's the original Isekai. It's an old <laughs> oh, school Isekai. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's a, it's the female lead Isekai, the good ones. It is. Fuck. <laughs> oh no. I'm, I'm learning more about myself. But yeah, like, if there were to be any anime, I thought like people would be itching to have like more of like people would be like, I need another Inuyasha movie. They need to kiss one more time or something like that. I think people are talking about Bleach, though, because, like, I'm itching. I'm itching for them to redo Bleach. Like, we have the whole story now. Everything is good. They cannot mess up this time. And, like, too long. you can throw... Hey, they're, like, going, like, One Piece. I don't know. Don't say anything's too long. They're not going to redo One Piece. <laughs> no. No, for sure. No, they redid Hunter x Hunter. There you go. Yeah, but Hunter x Hunter is significantly shorter than Bleach and One Piece. But if they could not make one major fighting scene six episodes long... (laughs) Oh, even better example. They freaking Dragon Ball Z, fam. (laughs) Dragon Ball Z is the biggest anime property in the world. I was was trying to prove me wrong. (laughs) I know. It's so hard sometimes, but it's so worth it when you do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, so for favorite season, a favorite anime this season for you, Eric. What are you watching this season? I mean, Sarazanma is my favorite. It's peak anime. <laughs> oh my god! It's everything that is anime in an anime. Oh, it is. And Ikuhara is like one of my. It's like my favorite director. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah, you liked you like Umaru Penguin Drum. Oh, that was Revolutionary it. Girl Lutena, Umaru Penguin Drum, and the the one that people just forgot existed, Yuri Kuma Arash. Are you serious? I don't. I don't. I have no idea what that is. Masterpieces. Masterpieces. <laughs> no, here's my hot take. You just don't like them, Ming, because you're straight. <laughs> wow. Take that. Disagree with my argument now, I asshole. Disagree. I disagree. I have read way more yaoi manga than you have. Ooh. Okay. I think this is where I where I step out. <laughs> I'm not entering that argument. Gravitation. You're under arrest, dude. That was like the classic OG. I didn't like Umaru Penguin Drum when it was airing. Like, because we watched it together in high school and I didn't like it. Because mm-hmm. it was dumb. It's the farthest thing from dumb. You're insane. <laughs> it's, it's so far from dumb. You just need to watch it again as an adult and be like, wow, I was the one that was dumb. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I thought Sarazamai, the first episode was very good. And every single episode since then has not held up to the same standard as a first episode in my opinion oh uh, that's gonna make me disappointed because like i watched the first episode last night off of your suggestion mm-hmm. and i was like uh, the one problem i had with it is like man did it go ham in the first episode <laughs> like it was everything to the point where it wasn't like oh like i definitely want to know more but there was parts where i'm like did i miss something did i like miss a major scene like how are they already knowing how to do these superpowers like (laughs) i'm used to like sailor moon where it's like slightly introducing every little thing like oh here's my pin oh how do i use this now i can use the pin now Kuhara is a major component of sailor moon by the way director storyboarder okay then that's what i got the feels though no like there was definitely like there was in the first episode at least i'm only speaking upon that like i was like is this a 
is this a magical girl anime with <laughs> frogs? Like, why are they surfing? Yeah. Why are they naked yeah, it, now? It, is. it definitely yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does transform into a pretty lady in some way. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, spoilers. I but mean, did you think that uh, the like the last couple of episodes were as good as the first one, Eric? Yes. Really? Okay. So maybe I just, the, head, the show might just be going over my head because I don't understand it. I just thought the first episode was very entertaining on a surface level. Well, it's 100% going to go over your head. There's like some, there, this thing is like 50 layers deep. Like you have the world building aspect. It's like a three watch show. If you don't watch it three times. Oh I, mean, I will agree to that. I feel like <laughs> this is one of those shows that like once the season's over, you're going to go back and you're like, oh, there's that subtle thing. And everything, because they're so they already introduced so much world building in the first episode. I feel like the only anime I've rewatched that I f- have enjoyed is probably ba- uh, Bakano. Um, I don't know. I don't rewatch most anime. I rewatch Kogias like a good dozen times, but that's about it. And every time you do it, you realize it's worse. <gasps> no, every time I rewatch it, I'm just like, man, this show is held up. <laughs> <You're wrong>. Yeah. <laughs> That is one that I also rewatched recently because I remember watching it when I was younger and I was like, man, am I just like overthinking this? Oh my God. It got, it definitely got way freaking better when I watched it when I was older. And then we have, we got the re-release or the, like, we got new content coming up this summer. New movie, I think, right? Yeah. So you missed it. The last showing for that movie was last night in America. Don't break my heart like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in America for three nights. It showed Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. So well, this that's is- why I was getting ads. <laughs> that's why I was getting ads all week. Dang it. Mm, Should have bought those tickets. I uh, know. I was getting targeted. <laughs> it's unfortunate because now the only way to watch it is going to be like the, the buy the $60 Blu-ray. That's going to be the only way you can watch well, it. Well, un- until it inevitably gets pirated. I was about to say, there, there's other ways, Eric. <laughs> but not, not right now, though, because the, yeah. the theatrical release was the first time anybody, even in America, got to see it. Uh, and I watched it. It was the original English cast dub, which and the, the Code Gears dub is pretty good. I, I can't wait to watch the sub still, though. And uh, so neither of you went to watch it in theaters, right? No. I haven't seen it. Uh, no spoils. I won't spoil it, but I will say it was great. Was it okay? Did it expand from what we've known? Uh, so it's a follow up to the three recap movies. So the okay. way they okay. did it was so that they don't tarnish the original legacy of Kogius. They redid the entire series in three recap movies, kind of like the yeah. Evangelion recap movies. Nothing like the Evangelion recap movies. I was about to say, Evangelion recap movies just like made you have more questions. Mate, you haven't even seen the original show to its finishing point. Have you not? Or seen the movies. <laughs> I, didn't watch the, uh, I didn't watch the end of Evangelion. Okay, I was about to say, like, I, I would like raise the debate. I think you should watch Evangelion just like as an anime, like, Every, I feel like everything stems from every, Evangelion. What is, the, what is that extra episode called, Eric? Is it just a movie? The final it's episode? End of, end of Evangelion. Yeah. It's is just it, called The End of Evangelion? Yeah. Yeah, and it like um. recaps the whole series. But it's not... You have to get just as effed up as all of us did. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So there is the original TV show, The End of Evangelion, and then the three rebuild movies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I never watched The End of Evangelion. I never watched that... Is it uh, is it an episode or is it a movie? It's a movie. Um, I post that you could watch that and then go into like the new movies, knowing what you're missing. But I I truly think you should suffer, like <laughs> all of us are. Okay, fine. Nothing like Evangelion. So the Kogius yeah. movies. 
<laughs> what about being right, Eric? Doesn't he feel oh, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. We got him. <laughs> okay, so there's the three Kogia's recap movies. That's nothing like the Evangelion movies. Uh, but basically, they just recap the original first two seasons of Kogia's, but they like take out a a decent chunk of content. They basically remove all the filler. They remove a lot of the school life stuff. Um, Aww. Yeah, so school life stuff was good. I, I agree. I like school. Yeah. I like I like jank. But um, yeah, it just harnesses down to this core. Um, these aren't really spoilers for the movies. You don't need to watch the recap movies for the uh, the sequel, quote unquote. But the the only major changes are don't even affect the sequel movie. It's that they completely skip the Mao arc because Mao is mostly just world building. Yeah, uh, they skip several Shirley arcs. What? Uh, and they, yeah, it's just it's just skipping a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's just trimming all the stuff down so that it's recapped. So honestly, you don't need to watch the recap movies. The sequel yeah. movie, all you need to know is that because they trimmed out all the Shirley stuff, Shirley's alive. That's it. Uh, I want to call BS on it. God dang it. Yeah, it's not it's not like even important to the sequel movie in my what? opinion. So you can watch the sequel movie just going off the original shows. Just knowing that this is a sequel movie that technically happens in an alternate timeline. So that even if it sucks, it doesn't affect the original series. So oh, so they're like, <laughs> oh, canon still. But like, yeah. and the only thing different is like Shirley's alive. Yeah, and it's not even important. Shirley's only alive because they just didn't want to fit her entire arc inside the movie. That sucks. Because that's such a character defining thing for him it's a character defining thing for me yeah. i remember watching shirley die and cry my eyes out <laughs> no exactly like i i mean i want to that's like on like at least top five of like really traumatic character deaths mm -hmm. and especially if affecting the main character affecting the main character who's like has devil god type powers and like needing to be humbled like that was super defining for the whole entire series that kind of i'm disappointed then because like going into it who is he as a character? Is he just Well, Lelouch dies at the end of the of the entire series, right? Parentheses. He's riding away on a on a on a wagon. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. I was very on board with the fact that he was dead. I wanted him to be dead because it felt like the more it, it felt like the right conclusion to the series. Nah, he needs to get away with it again. But in uh so in the movie, he yeah. is alive. And they do a really good job of explaining it all. I think they do a really good job of saying ooga booga magic and then he's alive, right? Like, is that what you're telling me? Alternate timeline. Yeah, it's an alternate timeline. It's really good, though. The yeah. movie isn't like spectacularly written, it's got a lot of like plot holes, but it's. It's like the better version of Endgame, in my opinion, is that despite all the plot holes, it's the conclusion of something that's been building for so long and it's sure. very fan servicey. It really gives the fans a lot of things of what they imagined would be post Kogias world, you know? Okay. It's really yeah. good. 10 out of yeah. 10 would recommend uh, to anybody who's listening. Hey, I, I know you can't watch it anymore. I want to ask for spoilers. Like, like I want to know what happens to Karen. Do you want I, spoilers? No. I do, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So we've talked a lot about... Okay, actually... I should talk about the anime I'm watching. And that is my favorite anime this season is by far Fruits Basket. Oh my God. Dude, I love it. I love the Fruits Basket reboot. Oh man. Yeah. 
Eric, you're watching it. How? What did you feel? Did you watch the original Fruits Basket or read the original manga? I'm watching it with my wife. She read the original manga mm-hmm. up to a certain point, but doesn't remember what happens after a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I have absolutely no idea what's happening. <laughs> what? It's so easy to follow. I do find it. I do find it very annoying. I do very loudly, like in every episode, yell, "Oh snap, burn!" <laughs> <laughs> Because they got some sick burns in that anime. My goodness. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. The last episode for sure when they go back to, like, rescue her from her comically evil family. <laughs> oh, my oh, yeah. God. <laughs> that was like, weird. <laughs> Dude. But, like, it's so interesting watching this reboot because it feels like an old anime. Oh, yeah. Just the tropes, the comically evil step family ridiculously upbeat main character who's good at everything despite all her headships. Yeah. Like, it's so... I call I, I, I call her Mrs. Therapist because she just always knows what to say. <laughs> She's so good. She's so yeah, good. All of the one-liners, the just like, yeah. it's so... It just feels like a time capsule cleaned up when I was watching and I was like, man, yeah. this brings me back. Yeah. But also like, man, like modern shoujo, the heroines tend to be a lot more heroic like yeah. this is this is a this is a heroine for a shoujo where she's not in control of anything the guys are all the people that she's are literally their therapist yeah she solves their mental issues mm. yeah it is a crazy zodiac family like yeah she doesn't have to battle to be have agency hmm. like these people the you know, other true. people That's in the, the cast are like broken mentally and are dumb as shit <laughs> she's like the only smart one yeah she's there to fix their <laughs> mental problems like yeah they have kung fu magic but like they're so stupid <laughs> She's definitely there to, like, be the motherly guidance factor. And I've only watched the first episode of the new one. But in the 2001, she was definitely, like, the one that needed to be saved sometimes. Or, I don't know how they're going to swing it, but, like, the love triangle that forms, boy, howdy. Was that thing, like, super milked, I feel, more in the TV anime than it was in the manga books. Oh, it was like a huge freaking thing. The the love triangle and the, the the reboot is already there, and it's good. I like it. Yeah, but is it is it as like is it bad? That's what I was thinking. But is it bad? So Kyo wins, right? Don't actually tell me. <laughs> but that's just what I want to win. That's just who I want. To I'm win. just like your wife. I don't remember, yeah. and I read the entire manga yeah. in middle school. I totally and remember. I don't remember. I'm not spoiling it for you. Oh, uh, okay. You okay. have to like go through that and like take sides, man. Yeah, no, that's what these shows are all about. Yeah, it's so good. Yuki is an ass. He is a horrible person, and I hate him. Are you sure? And Joe is a treasure, but he's so he's so lonely. Yeah, because he's an asshole. <laughs> No, <laughs> but he can't make friends because he doesn't know how to talk to people. He's such a cute mouse. He's adorable, but he ain't got nothing on my boy Kyo. <laughs> oh, my man. boy Kyo, the man is keeping him down. You like rise up? Do you like the bad boys? I think you like the bad boys. Kyo is such a bad boy. He's an he's the ultimate tsundere. <laughs> Eric likes Tsundere's. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's not like Gigok where Tsundere's are trash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 
why don't we take a quick break and uh, get some water and then we'll come back and talk about board games instead of anime. <laughs> Maybe anime board games, because there's some news in that. Hello, dear listener. This is Future Ming speaking at one o'clock in the morning. Thank you so much for listening to this show, the Anime Pools Podcast. Despite the uh, ridiculous amount of hours it takes to edit the entire thing, uh, it's been a huge passion project for me. If you're joining the show, please, please, please uh, leave us a like, comment, or a rating on whatever platform you're consuming this show on. Uh, if you want to reach out to me or hang out, uh, I'm super active on my Discord, so please come by and tell me if you've liked the show. But otherwise, let's get back to the show. Okay, uh, welcome everybody back to the Anime Post Podcast presented by Japan Anime Games. We are here to talk about anime, board games, and everything in between. All right, so we spent the last half talking about anime we're watching and all this nostalgia that came with this season. And now let's talk about board games. Yeah. Well, could we mention uh, the Japanese set of Magic the Gathering War of the Spark? Wow, I didn't know about that one. Eric, did you know about oh, this? That's pretty, that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Okay, okay. I'm glad. So, not only with War of the Spark do you get Planeswalkers and every single booster pack, and there was like 36 different Planeswalkers, the most unique thing is that the, if you order the Japanese copy, you have the chance of getting like, or the anime illustrated ones. Like, there had been an anime or manga version of like Chandra and Chase in the past, but like, this Japanese set has all 36 Planeswalkers. Wow, they look amazing. They look sick. Like, those boxes are... Everybody wants one. Because, one, th- that's, like, the perfect way to pimp out your deck that has cool freaking Planeswalkers in it now. And, yeah. That is legit. Right? And so, I mean, I feel like people who've played Magic already were more accepting of that style before no but i am interested well, okay I, I take it back yeah. actually you're right because you said more accepting yes because i still know a lot of those magic players that are like Psh, anime <laughs> it's like what is that i don't like it no anime yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the same people who are like Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah um also we need to think about like the board gaming industry the people who are coming in a board games target is growing so much with their collection yeah. Barnes and Noble. i mean you have walmart now getting exclusive deals like so people are more and more getting into board games i wouldn't say it's so much mainstream yet but like so for me to say that like board gamers are going to be more accepting to the art styles different it's getting better i think yes a little bit a little bit i don't know the board game hobby industry has just been like so family accessible like on the outward looking in if yeah, that makes sense. that's true. So, like, with anime just suddenly popping over the door right. and be like, boom, plot! Yeah. <laughs> well, and it also doesn't help, too, that, like, the first that we've seen of it in the board gaming industry is, like, fan service driven. At the at the, at the very beginning, I think so. Because, I yeah. mean, I don't know. It's it's changing. Like, the last couple of releases from Japan of a game has been really oh, nice. Yeah. Like, the, the, the uh, Argo collection. Oh, they look great. Oh, yeah. No, oh, absolutely. I'm super excited about it. I, yeah, for sure. I definitely think the direction that J- Japan made games is like yeah. them and then level 99's always had that style. You yeah, know I mean? I'm super excited about yeah. it. Like XC season two was so slick looking. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going. This is good. This is a good time. So mm-hmm. I actually just came from Proto ATL, uh, yeah. a designers conference. So uh, I guess this is podcast listeners exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Marble 1v1 fighting game. 
uh, being signed by Jason with uh, Penguin and Panda. We are going to be using the same artist from uh, Level 996 Season 2. Seriously? So it's going to be anime marble fighting game. It's going to be that great. That is awesome. That's like everything you've wanted. Everything I've wanted. I, I've been pressing for it. Jason finally gave in. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, well, I was today years old when I realized that Penguin and Panda is... Oh, okay, when you said Jason, I was like, hold on, big kid Jason? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, he started a second publishing company so he can start capturing that anime market. Oh, yeah, on- Anamaru. Yeah, he just had a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yep. God, I probably but- butchered that. I'm so sorry, Jason, if you're listening. Oh, my God, that's so sick. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Seriously, that needed... Oh, and you've been partnering with Japanime Games. Exactly. Sorry, I'm just having like levels of just realization here. Okay. Yeah, no, like it's breaking because like we talked about it like this last weekend and it's like, I don't think a lot of board game people, like especially people who go to Gen Con, they're like, oh, board game convention is so big. I'm just like, Gen Con is like nothing compared to Anime Expo. Like they don't understand how big anime is in America. Oh, yeah. So this past weekend was, I think part of the reason how Jason was convinced to sign my game, he was like, he was like, did you know Japanime Game goes to all these anime conventions and they sell so many games there? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, guess how big Anime Expo is? He was like, yeah. oh yeah, they have like 30, 40,000 people, right? And I was like, Momokan has 30, 40,000 yeah. people. <laughs> like, you don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's real on board now. I'm excited. It's super, super exciting to. Uh, oh yeah. I feel like we're seeing more and more crossover every, all the time. All the time. Okay, well, uh, what games have you been playing recently, Gates? Man, that's like one of the problems. Like, whenever you're in the industry, you have you mm. have no time to play games. Uh, I mean, I will say a lot of KeyForge, like a lot <laughs> of KeyForge. You play Key? Do you prefer KeyForge playing the decks you already have, or do you prefer the un like unsealed uh, tournaments? Ooh. Okay, it depends, because whenever I first got into KeyForge, I bought, like, the the day it came out, I was at BGDCon, <laughs> so I, I bought, like, eight decks on the spot, <laughs> and then you and I saw each other at PAX Unplugged, and I bought, like, eight more decks, <laughs> and then I bought a case, and so it's more fun for me to go back and look at the decks I bought when I first started, and now realizing, as a more developed player, like, oh my god, this is was so good, or, like, that's... That's fun to me. It's we're at a period right now where like we're all waiting for Age of Ascension. It's kind of like that downward slope, like everybody waiting for a new magic set. Like we're waiting for mm-hmm. for the next yeah, set. The current set's been explored quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't mind sealed. I probably will prefer sealed when something first comes out for that element of discovery, but like towards the towards the end of the cycle, like I'm all about maximizing what i already have yeah maybe maybe that deck that eric you and i thought was no it's bad it's bad (laughs) (laughs) maybe we're just bad i play three turns and i'm like all right cool i get to draw one card yeah what are you doing (laughs) it has like four it has like seven cards in one deck that are all like give you four chains and so you're serious drawing you're like oh yeah it's definitely an outlier <laughs> deck, but it's a good meme. Oh my god. I kind of want to know what the... One, I want to know the, the name of it. Wait, Eric, do you have it? Yeah, I have it. You kept it, right? Yeah, I, I kept yeah, it. Yeah, send her the name list afterwards. Yeah. I gotta look at this. That'd be hilarious. Uh, okay, so you've been just playing Keyforge. Keyforge, yeah. Uh, <laughs> working in industry, man. Eric, what about yeah. you? Uh, so I'm slow to get the games, but I did for my wedding on my wedding registry. I just put a mm-hmm. ton of board games. 
And I was like, buy me this stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> I now have like a giant backlog of stuff that who even knows when I'll get to it when I have enough people. So I basically went and I was like, all right, we'll play the ones that are the most popular and work our way down to the ones that are the least popular. So we played a game of Zagrata. Yeah. That was really interesting. I actually, we had five people and I didn't have the expansion. So I like sat out and like watched it from the overlord perspective. That game (laughs) is super spicy, especially when you're in the overlord position and you're like, oh man, if he takes that, that person's screwed. Yep. That game was cool. Uh, the the thing I appreciated from it is that it stopped... The king-making wasn't that bad. Because the next game we played, the king-making was out of control. And so we played Terraforming Mars right after. <laughs> Ooh. And the, that, that's a game about spice. It ended in like a catastrophic social failure where like the the attempts at king making got crazy but it's not like in Catan where you just hand your friend 20 cards and go hi you win <laughs> you have to king make in a more intricate manner where you're like okay i'm going to proc this thing that's going to cause this thing to happen so you can do that thing to steal four victory points from him by doing this and i'm like just let me win <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh it was my hell. God. It was like a screaming match about it. I was like, just stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just don't leave me alone. And then I lost. <laughs> you can spend hours like min-maxing that game. Have you played Terraforming Northwing? I have not. I, I almost Ooh. won a copy of it last year and I didn't, so I never played it. <laughs> oh my god, you should. It's a long game, right? Uh, there's like a long. You can do like a long play or a short play, though. So like, I think but the short play is still like sixty minutes, yeah. isn't it? Uh, that's long for yeah. you, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like my games to be like thirty minutes, so I, I can't stand those long sitting games. Which, which the only I played a couple games in the last month, but my favorite one has to be that I finally got to play the mind. Oh yeah. And- <laughs> I finally got to play this game that you talked about, everybody talked about, yeah. and I was like, it was fun as heck. I loved it. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly on my alley. Did you play it at Proto ATL? No, I played okay. it outside of some random cafe with my girlfriend and two strangers. It was great. Oh, oh my nice. god. That is great. <laughs> that's that's right yeah, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I just want to, let's just see. Let's just see if it works. You already don't want to talk to strangers anyway, and you have yeah, to play quiet perfect. with the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was really just because me, I brought like some board games with me and like some strangers was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And are like, uh, board games. You want to play this? I bought this simple game. I've been wanting to try out. Uh, and it was great. I loved it. I thought it was really clever. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah, dab on them haters who say it's not a game. It's a game. Oh my God. Yeah. That Twitter, that Twitter <laughs> post. Oh, I missed that one. I want to see that. Yeah. Cause you know how like some people are like, D and D's not a game. It's, it's an, an activity. activity. Yeah. Nah. D and D's a game. It's a game. All right, wait, wait. Eric didn't say anything. Eric, <laughs> what's your hot take? It, de- it depends. It depends. Oh, it depends. Okay. okay. So for some groups, it's an activity, and for some groups, it's mm, a game. What's the difference? It really the depends difference? on the. It depends on the GM because there are some GMs that will just house rule everything. Like you know, we're here to tell a story. There's like storytelling games, and then there's and like where you're not even like focused on the mechanics at all. Like, the DM will not kill you under any circumstances. Okay, so a storytelling game is not a game. It's an activity. But you just called it a storytelling game. I mean, it's a game, but it's way less of a game than, like, a 
D&D game where the DM is actually playing fairly. Because like I've, I've sat on both sides of those DMs, and they have pros and cons. They both have different mm-hmm. fun things. I personally have more fun when someone's character dies, and I'm like, that's a good thing that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know people that have played campaigns, and just like a character hasn't died in like 20 sessions. And I'm like, are you sure you're playing right? Because like, these rules are meant to kill you. Yeah, my players, the problem with my players is that I have like, like I play weekly D&D with my high school friends and that's people who I only consistently play with. And so it's five or six players. It's five players. And like one to two of them care about story. One just doesn't care about anything and just goes with the flow. It's Raisha. Uh, (laughs) And the other two are power min-maxers. So like the only people who have a chance of dying is my girlfriend who's going to get mad at me if she dies. And the two people who actually care about story. Who's going to get mad at me if they die? Uh, so then I could kill the min-max characters, but it's hard. Well, how much does, how much does <laughs> Raisha like her character? Because if she doesn't like it that she much... Does. You, oh, she but does. But not in, like, but not in, like, a meaningful way. It's like, we had it. a session with, uh, with, uh, that went 20, 20, maybe 25 sessions long. We did all of Storm King's Thunder. And she had a, uh, she had a character, she had a cat. And, you know, it's just like that. Just like, don't kill me or my cat. And I was like, I guess I won't kill you or your cat. And she always plays really safely. Like, a fight breaks out. She's like, nah, peace out. And she just leaves. <laughs> and so she doesn't care. That's, what you're, that's how you're supposed to play it. Sounds like peace playing, right? <laughs> you're like level five. And I'm like, all right, there's a blue dragon. And they're like, I'm going to hit it. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, I'm going to hit it. Okay. You deal three damage. It hits you back. It deals 20 damage. You're knocked out. And they're like, oh, come on, that's a man. Weak, that's a super weak blue dragon. Jeez. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's just like my players, it's, it'll be like the uh, the story character wants to like, you know, do cool things, but then their character isn't min-maxed. Uh, and the min-max character just goes in and be like, I'm a uh, sorcerer warlock, uh, I'm gonna shoot uh, six laser beams every round, alright? So I want to cool. see if I did 100 damage. the mind is a game or not, I need you to explain the rules to me. Okay, sure, let's go. So the mind is a game where there's a stack of 100 cards numbered 1 to 100. You, me, and Gates all draw four cards out of this deck, right? Mm -hmm. So you have four cards in your hand that's like 4, 8, 27, 52. Mm -hmm. So without talking to each other, we have to lay down our 12 cards in ascending order. And that's it. Yeah, if you're in the fourth round. So, like, in the first round, you pull one card. In the second round, you pull two. Oh, okay. This is the main mechanic of the game. This is the mechanic. This is the only gameplay element of the game. And that is, as a team, without talking, we have to put our cards up in order. Yeah. So, no talking and no hand gestures. No hand gestures. No massive hand gestures, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, some subtle clues people are going to inevitably take. But yeah. the rule is no talking or, like, you know, indicating to other players what you have, basically. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of extra mechanics, which is that, you know, when you lose, like, there's a certain... If you play something out of order, you have a certain number of lives. Mm-hmm. And if you do, all players who have a... you, If you play something... You play, like, 52, right? And I still have a 12, and Gates still has a 36. All the other numbers that are lower than your out-of-order card can get played for free. Um, And then there's, like... There's like a power up that you can use so that everybody just discards a card and everybody knows what that card is and it's the yeah. lowest card in your hand. So like there's minor things. But the true gameplay is just that. Like you just don't talk and play cards in order. Can you make grunts? Mm, that's also limited. Yeah, I mean if you like grunt 
like as a code. Is there like three pages of rules explaining me all the different things I am and are not allowed to do? No, 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 no. No, it just says like minimal communication. Yeah. It's basically based on what everybody's comfortable with. Huh. Like what you consider to be cheating or not, right? Man, I don't know. You should play it. I promise it's like, it's the best it's a, thing ever. It's a game. It's a game. <laughs> you gotta play it's it. It's a game. I mean, you gotta play it. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I could just bust out a normal deck of cards and play it. Like, yeah, do it. Do it. it uh, it's it's very fun. I really enjoyed it. And it's like 10 bucks on Amazon. I'm just, I can't stop thinking about it. I don't get it. I don't get it, dude. That's like an apples to apples to me. Is apples to apples a game? I guess. Yeah, it's a game. Oh, uh, shit, you're right. Then I don't know. Is Apple Staffles a game? For sure. I think it's an activity. No, if you're calling it, yeah. dude, if you're calling the mind a game. Well, we're definitely calling Apple Staffles a game. But Apple's Apples, you don't win or lose. Yes, you do. Like, in, in the mind, you win or lose. You win or lose right? Apple Staffles. Well, not really. It's whoever gets five wins. Uh, does anybody keep count of that, though? Pe- me. Me when I'm playing apples to apples, and I'm like, Nick, stop! I want to stop playing! And then, like, someone will get five cards, and they're like, no, let's keep playing! And I'm like, no, it says in the rules that I can stop! <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Alright, so that's all the board games we've been playing recently. So sad, our guest. Too busy working in the big industry. But now you're free! Uh, so I yeah. hope you play all the games and watch all the anime. <laughs> oh. Yeah, anime was the definitely like the first thing that I did. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a little a little break before I go back to work and like my last day at work, then I started in it like I started right back up with clients the next day and I'm like, Well oh. there there goes the break. <laughs> so but no, I'm gonna I'm going to Geekway next week, and then I'll be in San Francisco over Memorial Day weekend. So, are you going to Geekway to represent someone? Uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm still going to talk to like publishers because they're they're my friends. And now I'm working for mm-hmm. uh, a board game comic shop. Like, so I'll always kind of make sure that we have good relationships and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move into our final segment with 20 minutes left on the clock. This is the Anime Moves Podcast. We talk about anime board games, and we want to make anime board games. Mm-hmm. And to make anime board games talk about, uh, happen, we're going to talk about what our guest's favorite anime is, <laughs> and then workshop it into their perfect anime board game. So, Gates, what is your favorite anime? So, I, I thought about picking a new favorite because how difficult this one might be, but Eden of the East is my favorite Whoa, anime. Whoa! That's the one with the terrorist, right? Oh, uh, with the terrorist uh, quotation marks. Oh, man. It's so freaking good. And I just, I it's been a while since I've seen it. Because I, I think it's been about four years since I watched the last movie. Because there was the first series and then the three movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, I looked up and it was, it came out like 10 years ago. So I feel like so old. Yeah, I actually never finished all of the movies. I just watched the first one. Because it was so hard to get it in syndication for the US. Like something happened with like Funimation over over the course of it. But yeah, it took me like from, to watch the last movie, it took me two years from the time I watched the second movie. It was an insane amount of time. But I have like the first season like on DVD. I'll rewatch it. I'll put it in the background. But yeah, it's it's pretty much where um, this major terrorist terrorist event happens in Japan called Careless Monday. But no one was harmed at all. And 
pretty much what you figure out from it is that there are these people called the Salasau, which have these phones that have almost an endless amount of money on it. And their job to win and end up getting more money is to use those funds for like the best way to benefit society in whatever way. But if they're caught spending the money in a selfish way or anything like that, they'll get killed off, which is interesting. But also the premise is there's this girl that runs into this guy who kind of is like trying to help out Japan as much as possible and like save. So you have all this big pond of people of like 12 people figuring out what the best thing for Japan is. And like one person thinks it's killing off all the people who don't have jobs. So you don't have like these people taking you know, the unemployed of the country while well, one person saves them all and stuff like that. But yeah. basically you're trying to figure out like what the inner workings behind this whole thing is. Yeah. Also it has one of the best ending. Oh my God. Anime. In all anime. I, I, Oh man, this is a classic. Eric, have you yeah. watched this show before? I have, but I've completely forgotten everything that happened. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, what did I remember? They have phones and they have a lot of money. But I was like, yeah. what did they want to do with yeah. it? And I was like, ah, thank you. So thanks for reminding me, because it was gone. Yeah. My favorite character was the was the fat like guy in a guy in a chair, geek dude who made the, the prediction. Yeah. Oh man. And then I was so sad when he yeah. uh he predicted his own death. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so You're so good. This show, the premise, you described it. Yeah. 12 people or 11 people, a certain number of players. Yeah. Uh yeah, they, they literally play a game and uh yeah. they get a bunch of money. So I feel like that's already very self-explanatory in an actual game then. Yeah. You need to give everybody a bunch of money. Yeah. And so in the show, these people are trying to save the world slash just make yeah. the world a better place and also avoid yeah. death because it's a player elimination. Throughout yeah. the entire show, they one after another die. Yeah. I don't remember, but in the show... Is it the organization that goes out to kill them, or do they kill each other? Well, there is also killing of each other because they thought they would get more money that way. But then mm. it's the it's like the organization that has like the final call in it. And basically, like I don't know if you remember, like the cell phones because all of them have their memory erased. Yeah, all of them do. And so, and then they literally like by listening on their cell phone, they like have a seizure and they die. That's how they kill oh. them. All. So they're not like assassinated. Like somebody comes after them. Like totally, phone kills them. So I feel like this has to be a competitive game. Yeah? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel okay. like a hidden information. I feel like the players would have to have their own private objectives. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I feel like the whole point of this game is to explore your own objective, right? Because it's like yeah. all the characters figure out what they think is actually the best. Yes. I, w- I would be interested in that. So, like, is there any board games out there where players have secret objectives, but they have to write them down or choose them or construct them before the game rather than be dealt with? So I think it would have to be something like that where like you, you know exactly what's going on. Everybody has this whole goal of like bettering the world, but then you're basically going off your own motive. So if the game provided some major statistics that are very abstracted away, right? You know, hunger, uh, homelessness, uh, a job, employment rate, population, Mm -hmm. uh, like Medicare, like all that kind of stuff. Major stats that are very easily identifiable, easily abstracted on a scale of 1 to 10 of Japan at, at the current time, right? Yeah. And so at the start of the game, these stats maybe they're randomized for every game, and so mm-hmm. each player has to then write down on a piece of paper what they consider the victory condition for their character is. 
yeah. right? So you get yours and you're like, employment must go down to less than 3%. This yeah. uh, unemployment, like then that's my uh, consideration for what is the best case scenario for Japan. I feel like, well, if you give the players that much agency of like them picking the winning condition, they won't know the direction to go. I think kind of like the idea of getting a random card where it's like, hey, your winning objective is if like homelessness is decreased by this much amount. But if homelessness ever reaches this amount, you're eliminated. So then everybody's either voting or casting or like... What is that about money, right? It's all like you have this much money, you can just throw it at things. Yeah. And so like going and completing these certain quests changes those stats. And you'll have to have... I feel like you would have to have a direct player elimination between players. Like an assassination mm-hmm. type effect or event. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, when you started on it and you described the system... Does, I don't know. I don't remember if this happens in the show or not. But does one yeah. per- person in the show like trick the corporation into thinking someone else is doing bad, so they die? I don't remember. Or do they just all play nice? No, they definitely don't all play nice. So how do they? How do they play bad? They go after each other. They hunt each other down. And you find them and you shoot them with a gun, or yeah. Oh, okay. More direct. That's awesome. Predicted like how he was going to die. They're not all very direct. Like the main character is a guy who like wipes his memory, but then like it's really weird because he like kidnaps a bunch of like unemployed people, strips them naked, and throws them in like an island prison. Like yeah. it's wild. Yeah, because he was trying wild. to like get people off his back. Well, that was because it was the flashback to Careless Monday because somebody was trying to bomb the lower income places of Japan, and he found out about it. And got them all out. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Oh man, I don't need to revisit the show because I yeah I watched this when I was in high school. Yeah, it's also a high school fuzz for me because since I was fuzzy about it when I heard the concept, I was like, oh okay, it can be something along the lines of like you're trying to progress some. I always think anytime we do these, I'm just like, ah, it can be a euro because a euro could be about anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can just like get anything. Euros are the best. You have your claiming victory <laughs> points for how much you've helped the world. So. You know, like terraforming Mars, actually. Yeah, you're getting like a, you're progressing meters, right? You're progressing oxygen, uh, grass, whatever they are, temperature. But for doing that, you get points, you get VPs total, right, around the edge of the board. For so, if you decreased homelessness, you would get victory points, like counted up as you played, uh, and that would do other stuff. And then you guys, and so I was thinking, well, it could have an additional type deal. Since it has this elimination where you try, where you also manage your own karma. Mm-hmm. So like you can, people can try and fake that you did bad stuff. So someone can try and frame you mm. for like using your money improperly. And if your bar f- falls too far on either side of this pendulum or for whatever reason, however the system would work, you would get offed because you'd be, you'd been too bad, but you'd basically just been framed. But apparently that's not what happens in the show. That's just what the premise. You just walk around shooting each other. Yeah, you just walk up to the other people and shoot them in the face. Not really how I thought that show would have went, but. <laughs> I know the doctor gets assassinated halfway through the show. Yes. And it's not by the organization. It's just by another dude. Yeah, it's definitely by another dude. And then like, basically the whole thing was, and there was that dude that was like obsessed with like, you win the game when you find pretty much the game maker. Which I don't want to spoil that, like, I don't want to spoil it. But no, I truly think it has one of the best endings 
in anime. I need to watch the movies. I need to watch those movies. Yeah. It's so... The, the series is incomplete. Super incomplete. Yeah, and that's what, like, was a bummer. Like, I was okay mm-hmm. with them having the three movies afterwards, because I think if they did make them into series, they would have had to have filler. Which is, what I think, why I like that episode so much. Is mm-hmm. You didn't have the beach episode. <laughs> you know? You didn't have... <laughs> you didn't have the filler. Um... But yeah, I would, I've, I mean, I've gotten angry at a lot of anime. I blame Trigger for that, but, um. <laughs> they triggered you? Ah, um, <laughs> on the nose there. But no, like, it, I, I've, I've thrown many a pillow at, at uh, Eden of the East, so. Oh, man. I'm, okay, I just want, I feel like it could be a Euro, right? I mean, you have bars, you have meters that represent things. Like, that, that's already very Euro-like. But I just feel like the money aspect has to be the core gameplay mechanic. Yeah. Like, you have to right. be... So, just, l- let's just completely steal Terraforming Mars. Because it's literally just the perfect game for this. Because basically, in Terraforming Mars, you're building an economy. But instead of building an economy, you're just spending. So it's a shorter game. So you'll love it, Ming. It's not going to take as yeah. long if you're not building your economy. Ah. Uh, the way... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know how in Catan... Uh, you roll die to get your random resources. Uh, Terraforming Mars says, nah, screw mm-hmm. that. That's stupid. We're going to do a deck of a bunch of cards. And so you get cards. Those cards say, oh, turn this into this. But the cards in this case could just be, oh, finance a project. A, a hospital. Let's say hospital. Yeah, they build a yeah. hospital. So you would increase healthcare by this much, get this many victory points. That's actually not a bad idea, actually, because it's not an action economy situation. It's a resource economy. Yeah. If everybody starts off with a finite 10 million, every yeah. card just has a different cost value. Yeah. Like, the more you upload your cards, like, upfront spend, like, mm-hmm. that's powerful. You can knock people out before they get to use the rest of their money. But if you don't have enough to last until the end of the game, that actually is an interesting dynamic instantly. I like that. Instant dynamic of like decision matrix. Thanks, Terraforming Mars. Yeah. Good thing I played that. Yeah. Ah. A couple days ago. Yeah. Euros. Thanks, Euros. This is almost not even a Euro at this point because you basically would just have, what, victory points and karma. Mm-hmm. It's so, so engine buildy. So engine Well, I wouldn't even yeah. consider it to be victory points. I think the whole point is just uh, you either win by not being eliminated or fulfilling your victory condition. Ah, yeah. you could still keep the hidden rolls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep the but I rolls. think the hidden victory condition should be how the game wins. Absolutely. No victory points. Yeah, I, I 100% like the hit because it's just everybody's motive themselves is hidden and everything right. like that. But it's still like, especially if you have a lot of players, like it could definitely overlap. Like some people might want like military to be super powerful. Well, everybody wants more like peace or whatever and not, and you can have ganging up. I don't like the ganging up. I mean, up. as long as the victory conditions are well balanced, cause it's like even simple ones are like, Hey, make sure all the people who are over the age of 60 are dead, right? Yeah. That's a cool victory condition. Not, like, cool, like, but, like, an interesting victory condition because yeah. it means, like, it means, like, your economy's probably going to go down. Yeah. But your, like, unemployment rate's probably going to go down as well, yeah. right? Like, all these things are interconnected. So, like, one guy should could be like, okay, yeah, I'll work with him right now because he and I seems to be on the same page until you realize, oh, he's not. He's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have, like, the Thanos victory condition. Kill <laughs> you never know like like i think the hidden invocation totally makes this oh man 
I'd actually want to make this, Eric. You should do it. This is the first show. This is the first episode we've had one of these where I re- I've come to the end of it oh, and be like, this is actually a cool game idea. I have to watch the movie. Thanks, Eden of the E. Probably have to rewatch the show. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. Seriously. I think it's on BRB. Like, it has to be on BRB. Verve? Oh, my God. Everybody, for the love of Jesus Christ, everybody who calls it Verve, Okay, now watch me make fun of them and then be, like, your first sponsor. Don't they call it Verve? <laughs> they call it Verve. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, just say VRV. Like, what? people say acronyms, fam. Like, you don't have to... Oh, my God. It's not a but, word. But but think of all the syllables you don't have to say. Verve. One syllable. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. But you don't call GIFs JIFs? No. But, like, because... Uh, you know what? You win this one, Ming. You win this wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. I need to know which acronyms do you say on a daily basis that convince you that verb should be said VRV? VRV? <laughs> well, several. Because, oh, AEG. AEG, Alderac. Mmm, game. Game companies. What about the most important one? LOL. Um, do you say LOL or LOL when you say LOL aloud? That's a that's a very daily one. That's true. I don't I don't I don't know. I say lols or uh, you fall you fall for your own folly. But still, like <laughs> it should be VRV. I don't want to sit here and be like next time, <laughs> next time I see you, I'm gonna go VRV. <laughs> Oh, um, you're also you are you're also in agreement that it's not a cool, clever name. Verve. Oh, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Verve. I don't even know what it stands for. Me neither. That doesn't stand for saying. anything, right? Why would it be VRV? I almost thought it was like one of those like type out emojis for a second <laughs> for a hot sec. I it's thought it close. was, but it's not. But the real okay, the real shame is I, I I'm going on a tangent here is that drama. Fever is no longer. Wait, Drama Fever is no longer on it as well? No, Drama Fever completely closes down. There is no way. Oh! Yeah, there's no Wait, Drama Fever's gone? Drama Fever's gone, fam. Like, there's no way to stream. Where am I supposed to watch my K-dramas? K-dramas. Exactly. There's no way to, like, stream K-dramas, at least that I know of. I'm probably spreading misinformation. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, no, I mean, I know Crunchyroll streams. Some. But not a lot. Yes. There, there's some. But, like, you couldn't watch the current season. Unless Crunchyroll did. Yeah. Like, where am I going to watch Goblin, fam? Like, I need I to mean, rewatch Goblin every day. Goblin's so good. That's everybody's That's everybody's homework. Go watch Goblin. A K-drama called Goblin sounds <laughs> pretty interesting i haven't watched k-dramas in a long time eric i'm about to you're about to go and you go watch that with your wife go watch it but i can't watch it now right yeah because drama fever is gone well i you know what i'll find a way for you to watch it it's so good all right well thank you so much for joining us for this very fun episode and i hope you have all the time to watch anime and play board (laughs) games even though you're getting right back into freelancing so uh gates uh, if there is anything you would like to shamelessly plug, uh, either for where to find you yeah. or where to check out something you like. Yeah, uh, other than watching K-dramas that I uh, shamelessly suggested mm-hmm. <laughs> that I can no longer watch. You can no, longer uh, watch. <laughs> no, people can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet with uh, Finston Gates, like a fence in Gates, fenced and Gates. I, I peeked out the, at the age of 13 <laughs> with all of my handles. So yeah, feel free to follow me on Twitter. It's probably the best, most active place I'm at. So All right, go follow Fenston Gates. And uh, 
Until next time, thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Bye. And this is where we wave to the audience. Are you actually waving? I'm physic. I'm physically oh waving. <laughs>